I think like two or three years ago, me, it was one of those times Joseph came in and we were all sitting on the ground and I was just being weird. Like mm-hmm. we had our shoes off. So I like put my foot up close to his and I spread my toes Ooh. and like he never moved or anything. Oh no. So his foot's oh, there. That's weird. And dude. dude, my feet, my toes interlock. No. And dude, he opens his toe. <laughs> interlock toes. Dude, I've got you guys a picture made a of it. Covenant dude, right there. I've got a picture <laughs> of it. So, you know, once every nine months, I'll just fire it over at him. Miss you, brother. Yeah, I'll. Bro, that's funny. Yeah. I'll have to so, locate it. But. <laughs> y'all got some big toes, like to be able to spread yeah, them like and that. And toe control, yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> the control. I don't have that much toe control. Wow. Dude, you could probably pick up that coffee cup right Do there it. with your toe. Ooh, Dude, I think I probably could. Really? No. <laughs> I mean, Nadine, well, I, Nadine's, her toes spread like she can, like they're like little fingers. Mine are just like. They move together. Yeah, I don't have a yeah. lot of dexterity. Is Your that the right toe word? dexterity? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> if Steven was here, he'd be like, well, that's because Unhealth you guys. Foot. Yeah. <laughs> foot. You need a, a shoe that has <laughs> Dude, an open exactly. toe box in order to be able to get that spread to where you can have proper. And then. There's these little things you can put on your toes in order to strengthen them like your fingers. Y'all don't have toe weights? <laughs> it's true. Like, I agree with all of it. Like, oh, yeah. it's true. I'm just, I'm at the age right now where I'm overwhelmed by the amount of things that you oh, need yeah, to do yeah, in sure order to doing. stay healthy. Yeah. I'm yeah. overwhelmed. I'm yeah. like, yeah. like I, I literally, I went to PT yesterday, physical therapy yesterday on my neck. And today I went to the chiropractor. I had a massage last week. I've got, you know, the neck issues going on. I'm trying to figure that out, which I'm not. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just in perpetually this. It's because you're not downwards. doing this one extra thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always something else. I just bought a new pillow online. Waiting, I should get that Tuesday. It's like sixty five dollar pillow. Yeah. Um, my pillow, bro. Let's uh, go. No, actually canceled. <laughs> I ha- I used that at one point, and it's it's not right. I need. I'm currently using the cube pillow. You got the cube, dude. I got the cube. That's high I dollar, was big guy. At that. It was. It's pretty. Well, we tested it out we got one amber mm-hmm. wanted to try it out she didn't like it so I, I i use it explain it to me so here's the problem i think i like the fact that it dodges the shoulder because mm-hmm. it's square but i i don't know if it's too high it's probably to me i feel like it would be too high i guess it all depends on your shoulder to yes the angle exactly here. that's so what we gotta work on that? <laughs> Dude, it needs to be customized what you need to do yes. just Measure go it sleep off. at brent's house tonight <laughs> that's it <laughs> don't grab the see. pillow and yeah. bring it to my house no. <laughs> go it. exactly to come sleep in her bed you brent, gotta need try you amber to go yeah. and get on the couch i gotta really try this out <laughs> so weird that's a weird dream that's a weird dream yeah yeah you see how difficult it is being 39 <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Let alone the spiritual stuff. Like this is all just nah, physical I don't stuff. Pro- <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, I gotta be doing this. Gotta be doing this. Yeah. Oh, hold on, one more thing. Hold oh. on. If you want to order a cube pillow, I have yeah. a promo code right here. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, all of us. Yeah. The, the, four, boys. the boys. The boys. The boys. The boys. Yeah, the boys. Back in town. <laughs> Actually, our our. Uh, Thing back there that says the boys. Oh, sure. Slim Shady and the boys. What is Slim Why does it say Slim I don't, Shady? I don't know where that come from. So, <laughs> in this room, there is a nod to everyone indirectly mm. um, by our decor team, the people yeah. that put this thing together. Yeah. So, the truth is, Slim Shady is a nickname that one of the decorators calls me. Really? Yeah. Ah, interesting. I don't know what they told me that there is a nod to everybody in here. Do you guys know what yours is? I see a golf ball. That's it might one. be that. I see cynical. <laughs> cynical th- I think that was me. I I don't know. I'm just a guitar. We had to use. I got Brent. Right. You would think it's the coffee. It's not. It's the mushroom. Hence the last week's Black Street story. I didn't even talk about that part. You just said sober. You didn't say from what. <laughs> did I send it to y'all or did y'all send it on the thing the guy that was tripping on uh, uh ketamine? Oh my at the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think sent I sent his ankle or I don't know, one of us sent it. Was but yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he was Quality. tripping because his uh ankle he got dislocated. Yeah, Dude. he was like, Whoa! 
He said, this snake hole is wonderful. Dude, it was crazy. He's gone. The yeah. guy at the doctor's like, yeah, this is a little bit further <laughs> than they normally go. <laughs> he was. He's gone, he gone. was. Yeah. I mean. That K-hole was <laughs> swallowing him up. And now he's on the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> set him off. He wasn't an addict. And all oh, of a sudden yeah, he dude. gets shot up with ketamine. Yeah. He's like. I, like, I need to break my ankle more often. <laughs> I want to live like this. <laughs> this is wonderful. Here we are. Season two, episode 12. We are flying through season oh, two. Yeah. Dude, uh, rumors crazy. are this is the best top two seasons that we've ever done. Wow. That's, really? That's people some are of the, saying that? Yeah, that's, that's wow. what people are There's this a lot is, of chatter out there about Yeah, this our is podcast. one of the top two wow. seasons that have been produced Dude, through I this feel podcast. Dude, I honored. Yeah, you that's should. That's crazy. Honored, privileged, and It's oppressed. the only two I've been a part of, so thank you for inviting me into this circle. <laughs> yes. for this. I don't want to say it's because of me, but... Yeah, I want to thank you guys for inviting me into the circle. <laughs> Very cool. You know what, guys? I want to th- <laughs> <laughs> real quick. We're all going to say it. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. You know, if you're appreciative of being in the circle as well, like, comment, <laughs> yeah. subscribe, email ncunscripted at northwood.subscribers. It has been a while since all of us have gotten together. We've yeah. done interviews, we've had breaks, but we were thinking it's been like four episodes or at least about a month since we've all been together yeah so curious has anything cool happened or has it been really lame and boring since the last time we gathered i uh i'm 39 now wow that may be the last that might be something that happens since the last time we were all together i'm 39 happy birthday i'm 39 also so (laughs) since the last time yeah Yeah, that's true a whole year a whole year since we've been together yeah anything else cool have was your missions trip was that i don't remember when that was yeah, honestly um that was in september yeah no we talked about it since then yeah okay was that the one did that you Mike ever just sit on? in your chair it was a different one i did sit in my chair you did and he, i did he processed i processed how was that chair. the thinking chair it was great what did you uh did you write things down no, not too much. Just we got to go to the writing chair. I've got a thinking chair, but it's in my garage. So I'll really? sit out there and yeah. just hang out a little bit. Um, and I was in there the other day, and this car drove up. And I was like, hey, what's up? What's up? And this dude came with a bag. And I'm thinking, what is this? And all he says, one word. He comes up to me and says, McDonald's? Oh. I said, uh, <laughs> no. He said, you sure? I said, Yes. And then my neighbor, I hear my neighbor, it's me. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> the old DoorDash door McDonald's. Dash. As he was going back to his car, the neighbor said, it's cold. I'm thinking, oh, dude, you just McDonald's. DoorDash McDonald's. McDonald's. It was already cold at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. He spent double for them to actually deliver it. And yeah. it, I mean, what did you expect? You yeah. Know? I mean, you got to be on a dark place to DoorDash McDonald's. <laughs> well, I, I guess he hasn't been tipping well because apparently... DoorDash and Uber, they came out, they interviewed a whole bunch of employees or I guess W-2 contractors of DoorDash. And they said, if you show a history of non-tipping or a low tipper, expect a later delivery. It's true. How do they know? So you got like a history of yeah, you got a rating. what you... You got a rating. Oh, you got a rating. Yeah, wow. you got a rating, each other. Oh, yeah, okay. The social score is back. All right. So we've had McDonald's. We've had thinking chairs. <laughs> I went on a golf trip. And uh, ended the golf trip with the LSU of Alabama game. So that was fun. Ooh, you were in, Ooh. in Alabama, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I played golf in Starkville. And then uh, Nadine and uh, another buddy, his wife, picked us up. And uh, we went to T-town. Tuscaloosa. Rotad. 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 So, so it was my first time going to a. It was the first time going to a, a, a Bama game at uh, Tuscaloosa, and to, so Division One college game. I've only ever been to LSU. Mm-hmm. So you've LSU, been to mighty Southern Miss. Uh, I don't. Sorry, yeah, I went there. The Rock, SMTT, um, The Rock. Yeah, I don't consider that to. Anyway, I've been to it's Division is One, South Alabama Division One. Yes, so I've been there too. Wow. Anyway, those don't count. So wow. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So. I, uh, as far as uh, I will rate the tailgating experience, yeah, <clears throat> I will say this LSU is full of drunk Cajuns. You're kind of home people. there, you know, <laughs> yeah, the drunk part as much, but Cajuns, yeah, Cajuns. Yeah. Cajuns part. And I, I understand that culture. Like, I get it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. I get it. And, uh, I've always heard, like, oh, the, the LSU, it's kind of, it's a little raunchy. 
blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is great. You got people throwing up in bushes, <laughs> yeah. you know. This is what football's <laughs> all about. Is what we do, right? Cajuns and overalls. Oh, yeah. Crawfish everywhere. Pet alligators yeah. on leashes. <laughs> That's what it looks like, right? I'm just like, this is great. Family. So we pull up in T-Town, and immediately I was struck by how quiet everybody is. Ooh. Yeah. It's quiet and chill, and we're walking around. And nobody's yelling at each Families. other. Families. They're like, good day, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no somebody fights. Said, somebody said, excuse me. I'm like, what did you say excuse you me for? Fight? You I punched him right in the face. Get my alligator. <laughs> Roll tide. Shoot him. So, <laughs> so we're walking around. We get to this area. I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, but anyway, it's a giant like park full of uh, tents. And you can rent these tents. Very, yeah. very organized. Very organized, very quiet. Yeah. Like I was like, where's the loud, <laughs> abrasive music? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where's just like where's the mess at? Yeah. I wasn't finding any. Damn. And uh, I'm sorry. I know. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. And I mean, we're me and Aideen, we're we're in purple. Nobody's yelling obscene, you know, obscene things at us. You know, like yeah. if we don't were, have to cover our eyes no, for anything. It's like, wow, I could take my daughters this here. PG. Yeah. Um, and so now I will tell you one of my highlights. Ready? Okay, so so me and and um the guy his name is Bo that I'm with and then his wife is Desiree. So me, Nadine, Bo, and Desiree are walking through Tuscaloosa, you know, and I'm just like, I mean, this is nice, actually. Okay, okay, it's kind of boring. Yeah, kind of boring, but it's nice. And so we walked by this church, <clears throat> and we were starving. We we're looking for food, and I tried to get a guy to give me some of his tailgate stuff, and he said no, pretty much. Dude, it smelled amazing. Were you wearing LSU Anyways, stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I was really nice. Like I'm the yeah. I'm the nice out of towner. Like I, you know, I I'm even nice if I'm in Baton Rouge. I'm nice to the other team. Like I'm yeah. not, I might you know say a little bit, but it's all in fun, right? Yeah. And so anyway, <clears throat> what by this church? They're selling uh um uh pork uh pulled pork sandwiches and hot dogs mm. and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, dude, we're hungry. Let's go. Nadine's <clears throat> like, oh my gosh, no, I'm not eating that. You know, what? Like, yeah. Oh, well. Man. Okay, listen, okay, she was okay. actually a hundred percent right. And <laughs> so, turns out I should have listened to that wisdom. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> so I walk me and me and Bo walk in and dude, it's like typical what you expect, like Fellowship Hall, you know, uh nice older people selling really bad food. Really bad food, right? Yeah. And so anyway, I buy a sandwich from this lady and it's it goes to a good cause type thing, right? And so I look I turn around, there's a baby grand piano on the on the stage in this fellowship hall. Oh, very nice. And I was like, I was like, hey, that, is that, uh, I said, a baby grand piano, huh? She was like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she kind of started explaining a little bit about it. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you mind if I go look at it? She was like, go ahead. So I went to it, and I opened it up, and I start playing. And, uh, <laughs> dude, there there was probably 30 people in there, 40 people in there, you know? So I'm playing, and uh, Bo takes out his camera, starts recording. <laughs> and so I end, and when I end, like, the last note, <clears throat> um, dude, the whole place is like, yeah, <laughs> I'll start cheering like all in the kitchen and stuff like that. And so I was walking out, and I think when I was walking out, somebody said something, and I said, "Go Tigers!" Absolutely, <laughs> that's the only response. Is a cheer, go Tigers! Yeah. So that was a funny moment, and uh, yeah, we ended up in the stadium. Not let me say this, and I'll wrap up with the with the whole experience. Get in the stadium. Uh, the first song comes on, obviously, is Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what they do is, you know, yeah, everybody's like, Wee! oh, yeah. So it's like, Sweet Home Alabama. And then they go, Roll Tide Roll. <laughs> and so I was saying, Roll Tide Roll, but I was very sarcastic when I was yeah. saying, like, Roll Tide Roll. Had <laughs> Bama fans above me. We were having a good time. And, and um, so uh, I will say this in the stadium, Bama's got a cool environment, dude. Yeah. Those lights and the sound was amazing where we were at. They had speakers in the uh, overhang. Like, I mean, it was loud. Yeah. The lights. It was cool. It was good. I was, I was, I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed. Was it better than Tiger Stadium? I will say this. I will say this. As far as the lighting and the music made the environment better. Wow. I, I just a higher production value. Oh yeah. And that's, that's, for me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you're at LSU and you're up in the upper deck, the music is not loud. Oh, and man. and you know, it's yeah. just not, you know what I'm saying? Um, but man, it and dude, they would just like black out the stadium and everybody get their their phones out with their lights and they yeah. do stuff with lights. They would have the uh, one of the cheerleaders come out on a microphone, get in the middle of the stadium oh, and like cool. hype the crowd up and like I, I gotta say, yeah, it was good. 
Was it fun. difficult watching cousins kiss cousins? <laughs> <laughs> roll, Tide, roll. You get over here, girl. <laughs> roll, Tide. Yeah. <laughs> I read a news story, oh, you guys. Wow. Check this out. A Florida man was arrested for torching his girlfriend's car, who is also his cousin. That's tough, man. <laughs> That's tough right there. In the news. You can always count on Florida. Florida, Florida man always going to do they got something. everything in Florida. Everybody, yeah. every type of person. True, yeah. man. Just type in Florida Land and whatever state of name. opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're feeling down and out. Go to Florida. You got Mar-a-Lago and you got right. uh, Cousins yeah. Kissing. Yeah. Dude, Thanksgiving Ooh. dinner is going to be tough. Yeah. Exes, oh, it's your well, family. Yep. You torched my car. <laughs> this is your baby. <laughs> That's yeah. the news I get to bring to the table though today. You got uh, any news that breaking news, news that we need to discuss with all of our scrub yeah, Have you guys ever heard of like necrobotics? Have you guys heard about that? You started with necro and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's where's like this going? Dead so um a mechanical engineer out of Rutgers University. Uh she was in her dorm or somewhere on campus, and she saw a dead spider curled up in a corner. So she's an engineer. She's, like, in school for it, and she noticed how the legs were, like, super curled up. So she said, what if we can use the spider as a control arm for picking up objects because spiders have the ability to be able to grab very heavy objects without breaking them or very light objects without breaking them because of their weight distribution on their fingers or their whatever those hand things are. So here's what's interesting about it. The spider themselves actually don't have muscles that activate those legs. It's actually hydraulic fluid. It basically works like a piston from their body, excretes fluid into into the arms, and it pulls it out. So what oh they're doing with dead spiders now is they're injecting them with fluid and using them as a mechanical arm to pick up objects. So they're saying that over time wow. we're going to be able to use dead things and like me- mechanisms that dead animals like abilities that they have to be able to pick up things and Question. use them for other features. Wow. Question. Dead things decompose. Yeah, Ooh. so spiders have a way of the way their skin is built, they'll be able to use and code them differently and stuff like that. Why though? Spiders are so small. That's that's the point. They can grab certain things, and the engineering that would take to replicate what spiders can already do would cost way more compared to using actual spiders. And then you think I mean, about the 3D technology going behind using that. Maybe you can make a 3D mechanism that mirrors what they're doing. So it's all about maximizing a dead spider for its capabilities. Won't he do it? <laughs> Wow. I don't think he will. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, guys. It's, I mean, one of the, it's one of the next waves of technology, and that's that's literally just started. Okay, real- I don't think it. Okay, let's. Okay, I will put down. I'm not going to put down any money. I don't care that much. I don't think it's going to actually take off. Yeah, I, don't I know. think it's one of those things. that's like that would be cool. Like I, I, I can't even say I fully understand it, but I don't think it's going to take off. So I think it, people will do this. Ready? Watch this. <laughs> Pick up things. That's what he did there. You know what I can do? That technology that? was amazing. <laughs> wow. So here's the real question. I think this mm-hmm. is how how we'll find out how much you believe in it. Yeah. Have you already invested in the technology of this? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Have you thought about it? Yes. <laughs> I like the honesty. He knew as I started. He's like, oh man. <laughs> Don't ask the second question, Micah. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you were talking about uh, robots and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, some They're using a lot of AI with robots and that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And a robot, uh, like a crane type thing that was controlled by total AI and all robotic, uh, crushed a human the other Very day. Nice. Mis- mistaked it Maybe. for a box. Wait, where did this happen? Uh, I don't know where it happened, but I saw it on the news. Was it a dead spider connected to the? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a crane. No, the, the headline said, "You know, robotic crane mistakes human for box and crushes it." What? A pretty big mistake. Oh, they're taking boy. over. That's Uh-oh. how it starts, dude. So it's funny you say that. I saw a sixty-minute article, and the guy was uh, talking to some sort of AI 
like he was an older dude. I don't I don't engineer of some sort. I don't, I have no idea. But the guy, uh, the, the sixty minute guy, was like, you know, AI. I mean, he, we created AI, right? And and he was like, well, we created the like the first step. Yep. He said, but like what it's doing is not us it's like we don't learning. have control over it yep. and the guy was like well can't we just shut it down and he's like ai is going to be is much more intelligent than we are it it know and he started naming off all of these like psychologists you know uh, all these books and all of this material he said it knows how we think and it will convince people of whatever because yep. it knows us better than we know ourselves and he was basically saying that what you just said, yep. it's going to control us through whatever form, manipulation, propaganda, whatever the case mm. is. And, 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 you know, pretty much it's, it's, uh, it's going to kill us. Well, <laughs> I, I watched, I did watch the episode and the guy, or that, oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. And the guy said something, is this something we should be scared of? Yeah. And he's like, yes. I'm yes. Yes. All the, the things I said, I'm trying to not to say it because. I know what yeah. will happen, but yeah, he's like, this is very dangerous. Oh, yeah, dude, Elon literally just said, he said, um, this is a recent quote coming out of a talk he just did in the UK. He said, everyone will, everyone's jobs will be replaced. He said, you'll have the opportunity to work a job if you want, but only for leisure if you actually want to do it. But AI will eventually replace all jobs. I mean, and what's funny is there's like the vast majority of the population's like kind of bored with hearing about AI, and they're like, "Oh, whatever." But doesn't realize doesn't realize like this is a massive societal shift, like a a a, a shift in the way that it's the beginning stage. Okay, where the person thinks the whole spider thing's a big deal, like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is going to change." No, it's not. AI is yeah. going to continually change, and all of a sudden you're going to see, yeah, there's little robots and stuff, and you're just going to see less and less people having to work because what you're talking about. That's what. It yeah, is. I like, was, I was thinking about humans. Yeah, no, I was thinking about um, like generations on how they have like their things. You got Gen Z. They, I mean, they grew up in the age of social media. That mm-hmm. like that's they were birthed in it. I was thinking about Rayma. I was like, then you have Ari. She, she was the iPad generation. Yeah. Right. They grew up with iPads from a young age, and then they kind of adapt into it. Um, I was watching Raymond the other day, and we have one of those, uh, I guess, the iRobot cleaner things. Mm -hmm. And it goes around our house. And she was interacting with the robot like it was like like another (laughs) thing. (laughs) Like a dog. Basically, like, hi, robot, goodnight, robot. I was like, man, they're going to be the robot generation. They're going to grow up normalized to robots doing certain certain tasks for us. Remember the one called the Gigapet? That it was uh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, but uh, now they're real, but real, not yep. just like a thing. Yeah, you're gonna perform tasks. It's doomed. Each each generation though seems to like course or attempt to course correct from yeah. the previous. So like, oh, I'm not gonna do it like that, or we're not gonna be that. So like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, this was high technology, that kind of thing. Man, we want to get back to the grassroots. Is AI and robots too far out there that you can't get away from it? Like the next generation that tries to. To say, ah, that's not what we want. Is yeah, it? let's try to get away from the internet right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, happen. you can't, no. there's no going back. No. Yeah. I think, well, here's what I think is probably going to happen. I think eventually it's going to get to a point where, like, technology is so far advanced. You're going to have cities that are just literally, I mean, think about the line city that's being built in Saudi Arabia right mm-hmm. now. These are going to be future cities built that are all integrated with technology. Everything. No sure. cars, no nothing. It's just all tech. And and um, fuel efficiency, it's just like it's built around that system. So it's a whole eco eco city built around that and AI. And then I what I think is going to happen is you're going to have communities that are going to opt out from that, just like you have the Amish communities. But I think they're just going to be more less um, religious based. It's going to be more values based. Hey, we're a non tech city. I can see that non tech city built around that, and you have to buy into this community, just like you have your retirement communities. Sure. I think you're going to have non tech cities that. Hey, we want to go back to the the grassroots of it. Yeah. I'm thinking about all the farming, yeah. the micro farms that are taking You're taking right. over all over the You're place. Right. It's very interesting. Look at us. We just solved the next 40, 50 years of society. Oh, yeah. Just like that. All right. So, hey, uh, last week or the last episode of the podcast, we talked about church. We talked about teenagers. We talked about young adults. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was four of us, which four of us again, but uh, all of us talked about growing up in church and that kind of stuff. It spurred a comment 
or a question that we're, we're going to kind of get into today. And here's the comment. It was f- from a DM, actually. It said this, all you guys have grown up in the church. What has been the most damaging or difficult moment that you've encountered as a Christian? And then it, it does say, not as a staff member of a church, just as a Christian. It's a difficult, Let's damaging moment. Like made you want to lose. What has faith? been the most damaging teaching, oh, teaching. or a difficult moment mm. that you've encountered as a Christian? So it is, it's two different lanes, potentially. Now I think there can be multiple lanes of even the lanes. Because it's like, yeah. you know, there's, there's in the upbringing, you know, as, a, as a kid, as an adult. But there's a lot of different time periods and then subjects. Is it theological? Is it relational? You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of... Because when you say teaching, I think of theology. Yeah, and when me you, too. When you diff, but then just difficult moments. It's like in it's, relationship to, to people or leadership and stuff. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah, a lot of ways you can go. I think for me, I would the first thing I thought was the, the teaching-wise. Yeah. And so for me growing up, uh, obviously grew up Church of God, which if you don't know is like heavy Pentecostal. So there's like the whole holiness thing. So if you take Pentecostal, um, you know, long skirts, can't wear makeup, all that stuff. I would say the Church of God is, if that's like new, if that's King James Version, Church of God is like new King James Version. Ah. Where it's still like, you can wear makeup and, yeah. you know, shorts, but that that's it. But still super holy, uh, called out, you know, you should be set aside from the world. And so what that did for me was create this this fear of looking like the world or like I didn't know how to be a normal human, if that makes sense. Like how many times did you hear the verse abstain from all appearance? Of oh, evil? every every time, every day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just all the time. And so that gets beat in you. And I just wasn't didn't have the, the normal childhood. And so that created a lot of uh, rebellion or resentment of like why why can't we watch this movie like this is dumb like it has nothing to do like why can't we do this um so So, that that was it for me so i remember when you you came to northwood which we're talking 10 years ago now yeah and you were in a small group you're actually in pastor van's small group correct i was very intentionally right very intentionally so that's i I went fun story i went to pastor van's small group because i was kind of done with with church i was like every church because i've been in church my whole life so like every church is like corrupt or full of people that don't want anything mm-hmm. but to use you i was i guess i was deconstructing before it was cool yep um, before it was cool i like <laughs> still, yeah, still a christian a but uh so pastor van opened up a small group literally the first sunday there was small group launch and it was you had to be i think new to the church two yeah. years and under or like just married there was some kind of stipulation where it was trying to get people and so it was like i'm gonna be in a small group that's the one so went to it uh, with the whole idea of like, I'm going to find the problem with this place so that I feel good walking away from it. Like, let's find uh-huh. the dirt because you walk in the church and it feels good. And it's like teaching's not bad. The music's good. Like, let's see what let's see how the people are really, though, when yeah. they're not on stage. Wow. Uh, and he opened up an open question night. And I was like, here we go. This is this is my moment right here. And so I grilled him. I think I asked him 12 questions. Wow. Like, you asked super pointed. Uh, I was the only one that sent in questions. Really? <laughs> yeah, because the next week we go back. He's like, all right, well, got some questions. Uh, so here we go. And just line by line, like, what do you think about drinking? And he didn't, like, super legalistically, like, can't ever do it. Yeah. Did talk about, yeah, you can't get drunk. And he yeah. did put in his personal opinion, which yeah. I appreciated. Like, right. hey, I don't do it. I don't think you should. But the Bible clearly doesn't say that you can't. Yeah. I was like, oh, didn't wow. see that answer. That was coming. honest. Dang it. Dang it. He's I honest. like you. <laughs> All right. Next one. Speaking <laughs> yeah. in tongues and Holy Spirit. Let's Damn. go. Like, either you're going to be super Pentecostal or super like Baptisty and say it can't be done. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Didn't just right down the middle. Every question just right down the middle of the line. I was like, dang it. You're a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I might can trust you. You guys are trustworthy people who aren't just trying to beat rules into me. You know Dang it. You know what's crazy? So the timeline that that was going on, we were we were starting to launch Long Beach at that time. Yeah. And you were living in Diamond Head. Yep. So check this out. So I'm obviously very involved in the launch process of Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Really? Check this out. Pastor Van sent me a list of your questions, and he talked about you and Christy. And he, dude, he said, this guy, this is a good family. He said, they're searching for something. He said, but these are, these are good people. I just think it's amazing that yeah. you came in looking for a weak link and he came in seeing the weakness, but saying, man, this is mm-hmm. good people. Yeah. This man, you can, he literally used the word pillars. These can be pillars in wow. your church. Wow. 
So I'm just, you know, 10 years out, I'm saying, holy smokes, you were looking for a way out. And he was saying, these are people you can build on. Yeah. It's crazy. He was a secure leader because like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of leaders, uh, pastors potentially, whenever somebody comes in asking a lot of questions, right. um, they see that as a threat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see someone who's asking questions and not seeing the questions, but seeing why they're asking the questions and yep. understanding it and being like, I know what's going on here. Uh, it takes security to be able to, you know, sure. to be able to respond like that. But Dude, um, one yeah. of the questions just to speak to real quick was honestly, the last question was what does Northwood look like when you're done? Yes, like when you're not lead pastor wow. anymore? Cause that was a big deal to me. Cause yeah. I, like I said, you don't see churches transition well. And if it's a mm-hmm. big church, multi-location, obviously with long beach. And it's like, this thing is going to fall apart when you're done. So are you thinking about it? Like, what are you doing? And he didn't have the specifics or didn't tell him. He's like, like, yeah, that's something I think about almost daily. I think is what he said. It's like, this place has to go on when I'm done. It's not my church. I was like, dang it. It's <laughs> so, not your church. So, I needed it to be your church. Yeah. I, his response was an invitation to, because I, I read your questions, but then his response, yeah. his response to you was, uh, he invited you to pray for the future of our church too. Yeah. And I was like, dang it. Wow. I think it's cool when we get to learn a little bit about each other too. Like mm-hmm. one of the episodes recently, we, well, last week we were like, yeah. learned more about you. I think that matters a lot to people, but also just to us. So so I grew up at this church. And so the pastor of this church was my dad. And, uh, and you know, and the other leaders, I still know those who, I mean, my youth pastor and my principal still in the church like i'm very close to them him and his family and um and so when i think about harmful teaching if i was talking about harmful teaching is it damaging teaching is that what it was damaging yeah what has been the most damaging teaching or difficult moment yeah so damaging teaching, I would be first off, this would be straight up. I'd be saying that the damaging teaching, <laughs> if it happened in Northwood, would be specifically from my dad yeah. and from other people that I'm extremely close to. And so, um, to it'd be hard for me to to use some of those term that terminology because I feel like I would be uh, indicting them yeah. or it's too or strong some, of a word. It's too strong. Yeah, and it's also just to kind of. To kind of put this in here, I need to put this caveat in here before I say anything, is there are things today that may be being taught in churches or in Christianity that seem really good that in 30 years we might look back and say was not as good as we thought it was. Mm. And in the same way that 30 years ago there might have been teachings that were going on that at that time, of that time, was uh, seemed to be good biblical strong whatever teaching and um it might have been out of balance and so one thing that you can't do is look back and um and point out things and then uh become spiritually prideful that um we got it right now you know what i'm saying because i i i'm 39 and i believe when i'm 69 there's going to be some people that are probably going to be like and even me myself will look back and be like ah I didn't really handle that well, yeah. you know, and and so I don't know. That constantly keeps me. I don't point my finger that hard <laughs> at the previous generation um, about some things. Um, with that being said, uh, I I don't I can't say that there was damaging teaching. Definitely not intentionally. I I think every culture, every church culture has pros and cons, and uh, I yeah. think. You know, you could teach something and it not be what you teach that creates neg- something negative, but it maybe it's the lack of teaching something else. So yeah. I, I can only say that for me, um, I grew up with a sense of, and again, I can't even say that this is completely like my dad's fault or, or uh, you know, you pastor's fault or yeah. whatever. Um, I think it was just the culture at that time in the kind of the charismatic church. There, There was some... <clears throat> there was a lack of – I can't even say there was a lack of. For me, what I got out of it was a lack of really understanding God's grace. Uh, I, I didn't really have a good revelation of God's grace till I was in my 20s. Um, it started when I was about 18 or 19. But um, 
the whole God's kindness leads you to repentance thought, the whole like gospel of it's not by works, but by grace. Yeah. Uh, and our works matter, but like the works don't matter without God's mercy right. <laughs> and yeah. the cross, you know, like that, that dependence. I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't taught. Because I can't remember a teaching from two weeks ago, let alone <laughs> let alone yeah. twenty five yeah. years ago. So I'm not I'm not saying that it was a damaging teaching. I'm saying that there there might have been a lack of emphasis potentially. I and but I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, and and so it's probably now why for me nowadays I I just I always go back to making sure that for me and other people it's like dude before you start trying to get cleaned up before yeah. you start trying to talk about all the you know you need to stop doing this stop doing this stop doing this it's like none of that matters if we don't have the first step right yeah. which is the fact yeah. of do you be, do you believe that Jesus I, I was I was talking the other day preaching the other day we were talking about abortion and whatnot and and here we are talking about abortion and it's such a sensitive subject and towards the end I just said I was talking to the you know those out there who maybe have had an abortion and I was like you need to hear that God loves you and then I stopped yeah. because in that moment for me, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like camp here. And I said it again. I was like, God loves you. His grace is sufficient for you. And there's something about that simple truth that wipes away so much animosity and fear, not, not good fear of God, but negative fear of God. It just kind of like says, no, God is love. Yeah. There's something powerful about that that I, I feel like for me now let me let me add this in here too. I'm a rule follower. My personality type is kind of the one that that wants to know the right and wrong in order to follow the right, and so it's very black and white, like you know this or that. And I've had to I've had to work through that over the years, yeah. which is like not that it doesn't matter what we do, and not that right and wrong doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But whenever that's the that's the the king on the throne is is am I doing what's right and wrong yes. rather than God being the king that you're loving and serving, it it reorganizes your uh, your faith and and whoever's on the throne whether it's your actions or God's grace and 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 the gospel whatever one's on the throne it orients your whole way of living and yeah. prayer and and then how you treat people. Hmm. I was very harsh with people. When I was in my teenage years and, and early 20s, when I was youth pastor, I did not have enough love for people. And it was because um, I was spiritually prideful because I didn't have a good understanding of the gospel. And again, I can't blame that on— It's not necessarily what was taught. It's just what you got. Out of, and that's kind of the yeah. same thing for me. Like yeah. I'm not throwing my dad under the bus, but it's what I remember from yeah. growing up. It was so much of, like you said, do the thing, do the thing, and yeah. less about serving with a joyful heart and being love. And so that's it's not necessarily bad. It's just what I caught. It's yeah. what I remember. And then, and he's yeah. charismatic too. There was a lot about the gifts. Yeah. There was a whole lot. You know, you you go to these revivals and you go and and there was just so much about like the spirit moving. Yeah. And I will say this: you talk about damaging. Um, I, I will say I won't say damaging teaching. I would say damaging experiences was this when I was when I was a teenager, and uh, I would see people. We kind of joked about it with Jeffrey, but I would see people get slain in the spirit. And all that. I mean, growing up, and I would see that, and and people do all kind of stuff. But then, after a couple of years, I would see those same people walk away from God. And so I'd see all of these antics, but I never saw. I don't say never, but I didn't see a lot of those antics translate into holy living, yeah. or, or I don't know. Yeah. And so that that has created a lot of cynicism in me. Um, around a lot of those antics. I, I don't like antics yeah. because I'm like, I, I guess I saw a lot of them and it didn't mean anything. Now, I saw the way my parents lived behind the scenes yeah. and it was real. Like for them, the, what they practiced, what they preached, and um, and I knew that God changed their life. And so for me as a kid growing up and, and even in my adult, adult years, even though I might see people like up and down, I was like- That was my, still an anchor. Yeah, There was still was. a solid foundation there. You, you yeah. said that- and that that's really where mine would have landed. I didn't move here. I wasn't part of Northwood until I was 15. So, but I was in church all growing up. Um, I found myself always in charismatic churches and, and really, really word of faith. And now looking back, seeing what it produced in me was this desire to always see what God was doing and, 
and almost putting your hope, your faith, your confidence in in the the outworkings of things mm-hmm. instead of the person that does it all. So, you know, if, if a miracle didn't happen when the prayers were made, um, if if the limb didn't grow out, mm-hmm. uh, if if the provision wasn't there, it caused questioning about who, where is God? Like what? And it, for me, did it cause you to ever question the person's faith and whether, and there's in their holiness and all that? That's, that's what happened. Yeah. And, and, but even for me, it was, hold on. I remember times where genuinely I'm praying, like praying that God would heal. I remember a particular instance where, uh, well, we were praying over, uh, uh, a, a pastor connection. His wife was sick, man, sick. And there were thousands and thousands of the biggest names in the world praying for this woman to be healed. She was like in her twenties and dude, she died. And I remember thinking, is God real? Yep. I remember thinking, was my faith not enough? Like, right. did I, did I not even have a mustard seed? Cause I remember yeah. praying our laying on the ground, weeping for this person and hundreds. And I remember just questioning, 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 but it was because I was looking out the outworkings of yeah. things. Dude, yeah. I had a moment personally for me like that. I was probably 14, 15 years old, but I, I tore basically every tendon in this ankle, like playing basketball, landed on the concrete, and my foot did this, and everything <laughs> just snapped immediately, like loud bang. The next week was camp meeting, or it was at, yeah, the next week was like camp meeting, which is big revival, like mm-hmm. statewide service. Everybody comes together, and it, the spirit's moving like all, uh, all the antics, all the things. And so there was a, a specific night that was like, if you need healing, like come up and get prayer and dude crutches went to the front praying, like believing, like, am I healed? Like, I don't know. Literally like walked back to my chair without crutches. Like maybe I just have to step out and do this thing. Yeah. yeah. And just nothing like, nah, your ankle's still jacked up, bro. <laughs> like dude, you need those crutches when I, you're done. And I was like, is that me? Same thing. Like, bro. did I not have enough faith? Like, am I, am I not saved for real? Like maybe God doesn't hear me. Dude, I went to a, a church conference and the guy was a, a revivalist. And he said, I've got the gift of healing. And he said, anybody that's got glasses right now, take them off, lay them at the altar. And you're going to see yeah. after this. And dude, I was excited. Like literally I'm, I'm fired up. And every, dude, I went, I'm following the instructions. I took my glasses off. Dude, I took them Stepped off. Stepped on them. Dude, them. Oh, no, gosh. People, people, no, people were doing it. Oh, oh boy. And he instructed yeah. them to. Oh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. But dude, for months after, I was like, I should have crushed them because. Uh, you didn't take the, you didn't wow. really trust. I didn't step out of the boat. Yeah. 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 So that. I don't know, man. I just. That was for me. It's tough it the because cause now we're all in our 30s. And um, you know, almost forties, and all of all of that was happening whenever we were all teenagers, and um, and it it's always happened, and that that theology has always been there, and it's going to remain. And there's a lot of people that I I know yeah. who are like there. You have to hold two things in tension at once. It's You're like right. I believe that God is creative, creator of the universe. Yeah. I believe oh, yeah. that He can do anything, but I also believe that. He has a sovereign plan that doesn't um, all that doesn't fit our plan. It doesn't yep. fit our comfort. It yeah. doesn't fit our 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 equation, our logic. In the same way that nobody knows when Jesus is coming back, nobody actually knows why God determines yeah. or or um, will heal or not heal or or accurate. But I tell you this: we also don't know how many times God has acted. That's so true. And we like yeah. I don't know how many times. Maybe I've had a disease developing in my, in my body. And yeah. God said, "No, it's not time." Yeah, and and he and he healed me, and I didn't even know it. Like we don't, we don't, don't know. know those yeah. things, and so we see one thing, and we're like, "God didn't do that. Why not?" And it's like you have no idea how many times has God spared me from a car wreck, and Absolutely. I didn't know it. Yeah, and and then the the one time that somebody doesn't get in a car wreck, it's like, "Why didn't God protect them?" It's like we don't know how many times He had protected them, or that we don't know all of those things. Yep. And yep. so what I think the faith conversation or the do more things. I think all of those are antics. If you're wondering what we mean by antics, there are antics that seek to put God into some sort of box or pattern that we can access 
And we have the power because he's in us. We now have the power to do those things. Mm. And it's an, it's bad theology. Yeah. And it's so if you have people that were raised up in that mm-hmm. and they deconstruct, we've all had a, a, a version of deconstruct. Everybody deconstructs yeah. to yep. a certain extent. It's true. Um, when you deconstruct, it's how far do you deconstruct? Well, oh, yeah. I deconstructed and was like, I'm not going to make the sign and the wonder the thing that I get excited yeah. about. Beautiful. I'm yep. going to get excited about the gospel. Yes. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited that whether I see this little sign or wonder, and I'm little might sound derogatory to signs and wonders. For me, I, I feel like I had to prioritize it that way. In comparison to the gospel, it yeah. is. Like, ultimately, yeah. God is sovereign. I trust in his character, even though I don't understand how those yep. this kind of goes together right now. I trust in who he is, and I trust in his plan, even though I don't understand why it had to be that way. I'm going to trust. Yep. I'm going to continue to yep. trust. I mean, think about Jesus. I mean, he even said, he says, you guys are looking for signs and wonders. I am yes. the sign. Yeah. yeah. I am the sign. So what it's like, enough. man, even back then, he was already healing people. People yep. were seeing it happen. And they still said, no, we want more. Dude, right. so, we want more signs. So <laughs> that was a that was a, a, the scripture in that whole thing. Yeah. Um, somebody was praying. Praying, and I pray this sometimes, yeah. um, or I have prayed this in the past sometimes. But God, make a name for yourself, man. Heal him, right? Mm-hmm. And and one day, I don't know if somebody said this like in a sermon or if I was reading the Bible and it hit me. I, I can't remember, but all I know is this: one day it hit me that Jesus Christ Himself, God in the flesh, is standing in front of people, preaching, teaching, and doing signs, wonders, and miracles, raising people from the dead. And they still crucified him. Yep. Yeah. They didn't believe that he was doing it. And even they didn't even believe he was doing it in the name of God. Like mm-hmm. it, it, they thought it was in, in, in the name of the devil, right. right? In the power of the devil. At that point, I was like, you know what? Even if people are raised from the dead, that does not mean that people are going to get saved yeah. necessarily just because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the thing that's going to prove that God is God in people's life. It only comes by revelation of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross yeah. and his resurrection and the hope of his his return that that right there and the fact that we are in the both the uh, the, the the in between yeah, right yeah. The, the the here and now we're we're wanting what's in the future but we're right still in the brokenness of yeah. of sin and that that hope anchored in in Christ and everything else at some point is going to be um out of our control and it's not yeah. going to make total sense yep. and if if my faith is based on all of those things always making sense and always working out and the, <laughs> yeah the leg growing out or yeah. <laughs> yeah if that's where it's at 100 percent, it's not gonna work out it's that it's jesus but it's the continued choice to ha- to have that hope yeah and to hold on to that revelation because yeah. there are seasons where it doesn't seem where you have the frustration and it's like no i'm gonna choose to still have faith. A moment that that hit me in was uh, in 2020, January, I did what's called the shred where you read the Bible in a month. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Don't recommend. Um, (laughs) But through that, just in the old Testament, bro, the theme of like reading all those stories in like a day, it's amazing how God can provide so much for the Israelites. And then just, just a verse later, it's like, God, are you even real? It's like, bro, like, you have manna right now. <laughs> you didn't have anything before. Yeah. And so that, that brought to me the awareness of like, if I don't intentionally choose to have faith in God, my humanity is going to get the best of me and I'm naturally going to yeah. drift away from him. And so being aware of that has helped me when I feel those moments of like, nope, I, I believe God is sovereign and up here. And even though it feels like he's down here, like that's just me and my feelings. God's still, God's yep. still here. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm thinking about all of our stories that, it all stems from like the charismatic movement and like word of faith and healing. It's all about those things. Yeah. And I, I was raised up similar, similar background, but the, I saw someone who was close to me had so much faith to be healed and, and, and all that. And I saw the, the damaging, the damage bad theology took place through his his lens of faith and w- what it meant because it meant if he didn't have enough faith he wasn't going to get healed and i just saw how damaging it was uh towards the end of his life and i was like man i know that's not that's not accurate that can't be god's heart i know it's not and 
one uh, biblical story that kind of like solidified my framework of my faith and how I view God and how I how I see things is actually takes place in the Old Testament with Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. My favorite my favorite faith teaching is is from them saying, "Man, we believe that God uh, can he can uh, who who was it uh, Nebuchadnezzar was going to toss him in the fire, and they said we believe God will save us." We believe he can save us, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to serve you. Yeah. That's the kind of faith I want to have. That's right? Right. I'm reminded of our episode a few weeks ago where Tish was on, or Letitia was on here, and she said a phrase, and she said, I know God is going to heal me. She said, I just don't know how. Yep. And when when we still, we pray for her every week. We do. Yeah. On Sundays, we pray together still. We pray behind the scenes. and But she's always very cautious to say, will you pray for me like this? God, will you heal me on this earth? But will you give me the confidence to walk through the fire if you don't on this earth? And I'm like, faith. That's what you just yeah. said. And yep. and that's that's strong. That's strong. That'll that'll last a lifetime. Yeah. That'll last a lifetime. So I would say that as far as damaging teaching, if you had to put it in those terms, that for all of us based upon our backgrounds, that um the extreme teachings around uh healing and faith healing and all this kind of stuff yeah. probably is what was the most damaging because of the what you saw in front of you yeah you know whenever what you prayed didn't match up or what you were taught to pray didn't match up with what happened then you it it, it caused a lot of uh doubt yep. you know and, and that's because of the vein that we were coming through not to say we don't believe in healings not to say we don't still oh, pray for those things Absolutely. to take place. I've no, seen it people be say, healed. Yeah, it, it, it's not that. It's just, it's a, it's actually a more mature way of praying, which is like, God, we believe this and we trust in this, but also like what you just said. Yep. Either way, though, God, we know that if you don't, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason of some sort. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes whenever we say it's all in God's plan, um, people can take that as, uh, oh, God's plan was so that this horrible thing would happen to me. I don't think that's a really good way of interpreting that phrase. Um, I, I, I think I think that you can take anything that happens in life and blame God for it uh, very easily. Um, but somebody said it recently. We we blame we a lot of times we blame God for the uh, the bad things in life, but we we give credit to ourselves for the good things. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, Casey this past Sunday. Is that what he said? Yeah, okay, Casey. Yo. Yeah. yeah. Hey, got quoted. Wow. <laughs> so okay, so first thing, teaching. The, the second thing was... Um, yeah, difficult moment that you've encountered as a Christian, not as a staff member. Yeah, not as a staff member. It's hard for me because uh, I've been on staff since yeah. I was uh, like... I have a, I have well, a the funny difficult moments go away uh, when you come on staff, right? So how <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was told. I have a funny one that comes out of all of our church background. So uh, Pokemon was huge, right, when I was growing up. And me and my brother collected some cards. <laughs> and uh, oh, we had yeah. some pretty rare cards out there oh no sealed oh brother no. had a original first series no. charizard it was is that the one that uh the paul brother wears around his neck that's like a two probably. million dollar card now it's it's a very high valuable card <laughs> <laughs> and uh our parents were like you guys got those pokemon cards don't you and we're like yes <laughs> gotta burn them Ooh. <laughs> Can, can I just sell them? Can I just sell them? <laughs> can we sell them first? Have you priced them? Thomas has. I forget what the price is on that First Charizard. century Charizard. It was sealed? It was, yeah. Right. He kept it. As soon as he got it, Keep he immediately up. sealed it up. Yeah, that that was a fun story. We bring it up to our mom every once in a while. Yeah. We're like, hey. Remember that time? Remember the time you cost us $2 million, Mom? <laughs> How'd that turn out? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. That's tough. My parents weren't super serious about it. It was just kind of like, all right, I guess we'll we'll get them out of our house, whatever that I mean, is. There is one for sale on eBay right now for $29,500. That sounds about yeah, right. A, yeah. In my head, because I remember you you said something about that, what, a year ago or something? Yeah. I feel like I was in my head it was like in the 20s. That's tough. Yeah. For, for me, it would be around people. It would be when people that you've walked with for a long time or that you're really close with um, part ways. Um, and for... All kinds of reasons. Sometimes it's as simple as moving. Uh, some of the most painful moments have been when friends that you built the church with, um, they move. Uh, and sometimes it's through they don't want to do it anymore. Um, 
those have been the difficult moments for me is I think there's always a hope and man, everybody always says it, you know, who you start the race with, you won't finish it with. And I'm, yeah, I hear that, but until you experience that, I, I think it's just rhetoric. But then when you experience it, um, it's like, ugh. and what it's produced in me, if, if I don't fight the pain that that actually brings is I won't actually let myself get close to people, uh, new people. Um, because the truth is I just don't want to hurt. So new people that come in that I'm like, man, these are good people, uh, man, it'd be great to connect with them and just, mm -hmm. just be friends. Um, there's, there's like a, a gate that I have to walk through that, that says I'm willing to do it even though it won't. There's, there's been times that I've said, I'm going to do it. And the difficult moment happened again, they left, or there's been times that I've just said no. And I probably missed friendships that I, I could have had. So that's a consolidated version of probably the most difficult things for me. Relationships. Yeah. I, I think that would apply to probably everybody to a certain extent. Um, the tension of, um, well, when I was younger, the tension of separating myself from some people that were starting to live life the way that I didn't, I wasn't raised to live life. Um, I could have, I could have, uh, if I was who I am now, then I would have handled them better. I would have been way more loving um, yeah. about some of that instead of just like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not hanging out with those guys anymore. They're starting to do that. Yep. It's like, I, I would have been a lot more, um, but maybe I wasn't strong enough. Maybe I had to be like that in order to not get caught up in what they were doing. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. But, um, but those, those were hard moments. And I mean, but in, anything man it's relationships and whenever you're trying so hard to stay in unity with the you know unity of the spirit the bond of peace as the scriptures say and and you've got this this mindset man we got to stay together got to stay together and then um you realize sometimes being in unity doesn't mean being in a that same relationship like you're just not going to be as close cuz it's it could be religious thing it could be theological things it could be political things sure it could be a lot of things that just you drift and it's hard. And I think that affects some people differently than others. Like what's one thing I've learned as I've gotten older, some people don't really care much. Yeah. They just like, they're yeah. very flippant with relationships. They're like, Hey man, I know we've been, you know, super close. Like in most of our life, but whatever. I'm like, wow. Like I'm not built like that. I'm just yeah. not built like that. And, uh, it, you know, it, it affects me like, like, I'll lose sleep over broken relationships. And, uh, but some people it's like their threshold of what they'll walk away from a relationship. The reason is like what I would consider to be super low and super like, yeah, not that big of a deal, but I've had to just learn that that's just, people are built different. How about yeah. you, Joel? I, I agree. It's always tricky dealing with, with the people. For me, a moment I, I thought of, um, was growing up in a pastor's home, being a pastor's kid and just seeing, seeing how people treat pastors uh, and expect them to be just not human sometimes. Preach it. People dehumanize pastors. Uh, and I can say that because I'm worship director. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. But people can dehumanize pastors or like church councils. Like I think, I think eldership in churches can be a really beautiful thing. Uh, but I've seen that it can be a super corrupt thing as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that gets done to the to pastors in in the name of of protecting the flock, and there's a certain part of me that's just so jaded to that because my dad, like my dad loves people, like he does. Uh, my he does. dad loves people, and to see the amount of people that have just honestly stabbed him in the back has made me like I knew at 13 that I was called to vocational ministry, and I ran like I ran from that because I saw what it did to my dad. So what it did to me, I was like, nope, that's not going to be my future. So yeah. just the way that people treat pastors, uh, that, that'll, that's a hot take. That'll get me going. So that's a difficult moment for me. Yeah. I, um, my, my parents did a good job of insulating us from knowing a lot of stuff that was going on. Um, but th there was, there was one, there was one thing I did know about because somebody mailed something to our house and I was, again, I was a teenager and. This guy had been in our church for many years. Uh, he had a key to the church, and they left the church uh, because of something dumb. I would consider it to be dumb. And they left the church, and he mailed the key back to my dad. That's painful. Like, bro, we've been running together for many years, and you mailed the key. That's wild. Back, you know. 
uh, it's like, what, you know, now I don't know all this. I was a kid. So yeah. I don't know all the surrounding issues. There might've been, but yeah, you see those, you see those moments where like, you know, your parents, like, you know, them yeah. and you know that they're not devious or, um, horrible people, yeah. you know, like you, you see your parents cry over people. You see, you're like, dude, like, like, you know, seriously, let's, let's kind of defend some PKs. It's like you watch your parents uproot their life and move Absolutely. for people who then uh, expect them to be Jesus. Yep. And if they do uh, a couple of, if they, if they, Bro, if you go golfing, dude, I remember literally we couldn't tell people that my dad decided to go play golf on a Friday because they would get their feelings hurt. Like, you should be, I don't know, I guess praying. praying. Like, <laughs> if he went hunting, like, it was always this big secret. Like, Visiting the, the hospitals. Dude, exactly. You yeah. should be doing all that stuff. It's like, nah, man. Like, I'm a person. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go play golf because it's Friday afternoon. Well, it's why a lot of PKs are the worst kids in the youth group. <laughs> you know, like the, the whole narrative, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're the worst kids. But then they're the, also the ones that they're the first ones like to to jet out of the church. I would say I, I think that our generation of pastors and maybe like in their forties and fifties recognize that and do a lot better nowadays. At least in our circles of um, the church structure is different. Yeah. So you said committees and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what happens is in a lot of churches and people will will celebrate this, and I, I don't. We have a different structure than this, but. You will have people in the church who get voted into certain positions or whatever. They just their family was there for forty years, and so they just are in that position. Yeah, they got the most money. They pay the yeah. light bill. So yeah. yeah, and so it's politics, yep. straight up, just just politics. 100%. And um, they pressure the pastor to not say certain things, or say certain things, or go certain places, or spend the money on certain things, or whatever. And so what you have is you have a pastor who's not the shepherd. No, they're not. They're not the leader of of the of the flock, right? Um, they are a a middleman, and they just they get up there and they they have to say what everybody wants them to say, yep. or they will get pushed out. And yep. so it's like, oh, you can't get fired. Well, you can get voted out in a lot of churches, but also some places you can't vote a pastor out. But the committee uh, is the one who decides what a pastor makes. Yeah, and so what they'll do is they'll reduce the pastor's pay to to one dollar. And that's their way of getting rid of the pastor. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's just dirty. Yep. And um, my dad's pastor, that's what happened to him. He um, had a theological shift, a small theological shift, and uh, it wasn't affecting the church. He wasn't bringing it to the church. And anyways, the, some of the big wigs got, got a, a hold of it, and they kicked him and his family out into the streets, into the streets. And um, he, he had to go find... a. a Luckily, someone that lived in the area let him let his whole family move into a rental house for free for like a year till he yep. can get back on his feet. So, yeah, when you yeah. see that, you're like, if this is the body of Christ, <laughs> that's yeah. not love. I'm not doing this. Yep. Yeah. They would know you by how you love each other. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you what's what's interesting is when your kids they they jump in my my kids are a little bit older they jump into the social media world mm -hmm. and then they see the posts from other people about their dad, mm. the pastor. Oh yeah. And they're like and all your kids are different personalities and you got one that just just like why would they say that? And then you got one that's like let's go get them. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's go and then, punch them. And but each one of them all three see it and all, yeah, and I then, agree with them, dad. And then you have to, well, then you got to be their dad. Yeah. You got to teach them how to respond. You got to cuz you're aware of all this. Oh, this is a critical moment maybe. Like you got to pastor yeah. this side of them and their perspective and their care for people still cuz you don't want them to hate people and then oh, you're going to see them again yeah. in Walmart. You got to I think to anybody out there who's like who like struggles with some of this or like maybe you're the person who you hear someone rip a, a pastor or rip a church or whatever like just all, everybody has to remember it's the old cliche there's there's three sides to every story yeah yep you know what i'm saying and, and it's something that neutralizes it helps you take every inf all the information you get with a grain of salt yeah you know which is like oh i heard this person say this about this pastor it's like okay yeah they said that but you have to realize that that person is a person who has their own way of seeing it and there's the other side and and let's just let's just meet in the middle and then there's the truth, like yep. it didn't work out or something went down, but it doesn't mean that it's as bad as it sounds. You don't have to go on Reddit and rip everybody in half yeah. because um, it's just there's cesspools of information out there 
that's only one person's side. And I think the, the more frustrating thing, you know, as a kid and now as being a pastor that that I am now in the seat of, but watching my dad, he couldn't defend himself. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So the other people can go out there and they can rip and they can say whatever they want Absolutely. without any accountability. And everybody yeah. believes them because they're playing the victim card. But but the pastor, if he defends himself, he's a weak leader. He Oh, yep. there he is. Oh, look at him gaslighting. Look at him. And all these words get attached because he's got a title. And uh, it's just, it's really wrong. You yep. know? And yep. so you don't actually know the full story unless you, you know the people. That's why I say relationships. Yep. <laughs> as right. far as the most uh, yeah. difficult things. Um, and it will always be like that. I'm yeah. not saying that it's going to stop. It's just no. 2020 was... 2020 was probably the easiest example of that. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, um, um, they have a situation going on right now that they're having, they're having to determine what hill they're willing to die on. And, um, I was talking about how in 2020, you know, COVID's happening. You got people who are like, you know, shut down. You got people who are stay open. You know, we're the church. We should stay open. We're not, you know, cave and compromise. And (laughs) you're kind of caught between these two, circles of people and um what i what i said is hey if the strip joints and the bars are open and the church is having to stay closed i'll down that hill yeah but that's not happening yeah you know it's like yeah that's going on in california it's not going on here right so why are we gonna like you know lose sleep over something that's happening in california we can't fight their fight like we're here in mississippi and um but in that you had people who interpreted certain things and who then went online and let people know about what they thought was going on here and, and specifically who I was and the approach that I was taking and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and they didn't even, they never, never talked to me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, had people leave the church and <laughs> over stuff nope, on a single conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, so if I, if that was happening and I, you know, Ariana was too young to know, but you know, Ariana's 15 and she could see all that that kind of stuff going on and she would hear me talking in the house and going through these options and then getting on Facebook and see people just bah. as a kid, you can't process that very well. You just, no. most kids just get angry, cynical. And so that's what, that's what happened. So it's not just, is it tough for, you know, us as, um, as pastors, it's also, it's Your tough family. for our kids. And, uh, cause you know, I'm at a spot now where it is what it is. People say stuff. Um, I feel like God's matured me in the last few years to kind of be able to handle that and it not zap all my confidence and make me want to quit yeah. anymore. Um, but yeah. But I'm your just, spouse and kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that, that'd probably be a good thing to say is, is for everybody. It's like, you got to realize that, um, that when you say something, the, the spouse and the children see it and, uh, we are all going to give account. I was reading in Romans today. We're all going to give account to God for what we do. And, you know, we talk about causing people to stumble, and we always think about it in, like, like cultural things. But the words that you speak, if it, if, it, if it damages people and it causes them to not be able to love God or love his bride, like, I think we're just going to be responsible for that. Yep. I don't know exactly what that means, but it, it definitely, for me, it just keeps me trying to be uh more tactful about certain things at times yeah. if you had to summarize the teaching part it would be the 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 negative implication implications yep. of you know what do we call it word of faith or or uh, yeah. you know extreme charismatic and then probably just relational yeah. issues just normal yep <laughs> relationships it's hard yep. yep well that and selling pokemon cards <laughs> 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 yep <laughs>